This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey there, you bunch of smashers. This is Sarah Milliken. Welcome to the Standard Issue Gigcast. In this episode, me and Standard Issue Deputy Editor Hannah Dunleavy had a fantastic time with Sarah Brown, Jess Fostcue and Rachel Fairburn. We talked about growing a willy, uh, appropriate list for Gerard Butler, using comedy to help the world, pesky Ian McKellen and stationery as porn. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience at the Stand Comedy Club at the Edinburgh Fringe. We had a few technical problems with Sarah Brown's microphone, so apologies when it's a bit quiet or hissy, but we've done our best to save her words. We're doing a whole bunch of these in London and at the Leamington Comedy Festival. We've got awesome guests lined up, including Rebecca Front, Catherine Ryan, uh, Stephanie Beecham, Joe Caulfield, Alex Jones, Scarlett Moffat, Sally Lindsay, Jojo Moyes, Izzy Sutley, loads more. Check out the Standard Issue page of my website for information, which is www.sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue. Bit of admin, just a quick reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to all of our podcasts on iTunes. And if you're interested in advertising with us, we'd love to hear from you. Email us uh, admin at standardissuemagazine.com. Also, if you enjoy what we do, tell a friend, tell your sister, tell your neighbour, tell your nan. Remember, you can visit our archive of articles at standardissuemagazine.com, follow us at, at standardissueuk on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Everything you hear is just our opinions, so don't get head up, pets. Thanks. Right, that's my list ticked off. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Standard Issue Podcast. <laughs> Please join us in welcoming Sarah Brown, Jess Fostcue, and Rachel Faber. I think we should start by introducing ourselves. Uh, so I'll start. I am Sarah Milliken, and I am a comedian and a writer. And so, what am I? At standard issue? Am I? What am I? I'm the boss. <gasps> Fuck, I like that. Uh, slightly aroused now. Uh, and I'll do a random fact about myself. And my random fact is that my Jeans that I'm currently wearing have three stains on them because it's the fringe. One of them is just damp from the rain. That's all right, isn't it? One of them is maple syrup for my breakfast. And one of them looks like spaff, but it can't be because my husband is millions of miles away. Not millions, hundreds of miles away. That is my random fact, guys. Please don't look at my jeans. Fuck off, stop looking at my fucking jeans. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, Hannah? I'm Hannah Dunleavy. I'm the deputy editor of Standard Issue. And last night I realised that today is actually the exact midpoint between when I bought a ticket for Hamilton and when I actually get to see Hamilton. Oh. Yeah, so it's been like 18 months in the middle. Jesus. If, if I'm still alive in nine months' time, I get to go and see Hamilton. Yay! Sarah? I'm Sarah Brown. I'm one of the, non, the only non-comedian, I think, on the, on the panel. I'm the president of a children's charity called Their World, but I have a podcast 
called Better Angels with Sarah Brown, where I talk to people who are trying to change the world. And my random fact is that I did an episode on the power of laughter that Sarah Millican very kindly was in and was brilliant in. So oh. this is the return gig. <laughs> oh, so you're not doing this because you want to be here. It's just a fucking favour. <laughs> very happy to be here. Oh, good, I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Rachel? Hello, uh, I'm Rachel Fairburn. I don't know why I ermed before introducing myself. I should really know my own name, shouldn't I? Uh, I am Rachel Fairburn. I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, a fact about me, I once had an argument with a gentleman on a train uh, because his suitcase was in the way. And when I actually looked him in the eye, it turned out to be National Treasure Sir Ian McCallan. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> still. What did you do? more what I did to be honest I was, I was very embarrassed uh, his suitcase was in the way to be fair and he did apologise but it was just when I was like I was like excuse me can you move that out the way There's, you're in the gangway this is awful people need to get past and I went oh did he say none shall pass <laughs> He didn't. It would have been amazing if he did, though, wouldn't it? Some Americans then uh, went up to him and were like, oh, can we have a pitch taken with you? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he got off at Preston uh, train station and uh, the, uh, the Americans phoned whoever the, the people back home and they went, oh, my God, we've just met Gollum on the train. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, the Ian doing in Preston? He's, he's from there, isn't he? He's from... Is he? Yeah, yeah. Great yeah, I think I think he's from I think he's from Morecambe or somewhere. But you shouted at him while he was going home. I know. This makes it worse somehow. I know. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> but he should be treated the same as everybody else. There is that it. to it, exactly. Yeah. Jess. He is a wizard, though. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jessica Foster Q. I am a comedian and an actor and a writer. What random things shall I tell you? I think probably I'm going to tell you my favourite job I've ever had before these ones is uh, um, I used to be a professional zombie um, <laughs> in, in Madame Two Swords and various other London rip-off similar attractions. <laughs> um, and in every single one of them, I got told I was the scariest woman they'd ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. You could only ever do it in um, uh, three months' batches of employment, and then they would make you have a break so that no one ever sued them because the job would drive you mad. Because you'd be in the dark, covered in latex, dressed as the undead, for hours chasing around tourists and going <laughs> behind them and stuff like that, and jumping out and leaping out of boxes and stuff. And it made you really fit, but it was really bad for your voice. To know when exactly that was because I went there with my husband once. Oh, oh no! My husband isn't scared by sort of people pretending to be scary. I just scared him. And he laughed <laughs> at everybody. <gasps> and one of the the, the mu it was a mummy came up to him and said, "Stop it! You're spoiling it for everyone." <laughs> <laughs> I had, I didn't ever have anything like that happen. My two, the two kind of like <coughs> interesting things that happened. There was once a lady flipped out and started trying to rip my hair out, and um, someone, one of the other actors, thank you for cracking up at that. Um, one of the, one of the, she, she was just like doing windmill, like screaming, like she was obviously going into this huge panic and like ripping my hair out. And um, one of the other actors had to press a panic button, and all the lights came up and everything. And this is German lady, and they said to her, "Why did you attack?" the actor and she was like she scared me <laughs> why'd you gone in there mate if you're not into that 
that's um, also not how you kill a zombie. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, maybe she was. That's her only way she could think of to get to the brains. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Also, when the lights all came on, was it like the end of a nightclub? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly the same sort of heartbreak. Sticky, flawed kind of, oh, that's what you really look like. I've just been snug in for an hour. Yeah. Also, I, when I left, I left there for one of, after one of my three months and went into a diabolically poorly paid and treated bit of theatre and education bit of touring panto and um, playing like various characters in Frosty the Snowman and that. To learn my lines, I said them in the zombie scaring chambers <laughs> to people. So I'd jump up behind people and go, it's going to be a cold winter outside. I can hear a little birds are tweeting. What do you think, little boy? Things like <laughs> I practised all my lines at people. I think it's probably the scariest scaring I did. We'll start in time on a tradition with the question, what makes you laugh? Um, and we'll start with Jess. Um, I've got a toddler that makes me laugh at the moment. He uh, is uh, <laughs> he is substituting um, the w- the words for his favourite songs, just putting all his favourite words in, <laughs> but keeping like a pivotal bit. And lots of them are very inappropriate. So he'll say like. Wheels on the train go choo-choo, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Biscuit cake. Biscuit, yogi, all day long. <laughs> There's the start of a show in that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Rachel? Uh, you've been framed. There's, n- there's nothing funnier. There is nothing funnier than you've been framed. It, people falling over. Yeah, it's brilliant. P- people fa- I've got a really specific one that I like. It's when people are on a boat and they fall over. Love people falling on boats. That's one of my favourites. Just any, like, yeah, you've been framed. There's a brilliant uh, YouTube clip. Uh, You'll like this. Just put people falling downstairs funny and you will have a brilliant time. It's it's hilarious. If you don't put the funny in, is it just horrific? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, make sure you put the funny in, yeah. Other than that, I think... uh, I've got... Yeah, something else that makes me laugh is when somebody, for example, does, like a dance routine, but really commits to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's something that's meant to be funny, and then it might not be going so well, but they're like, but I'm going to finish this. <laughs> that I love, like, just seeing a bit of panic in somebody's eyes, and they've got to finish. Dedication to failure. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I agree, that's very good. Um, Sarah, what makes you laugh? Uh, what makes me laugh? Certainly going around the festival at the moment, seeing comedians. I think I work in such a ridiculously serious job and I'm working so earnestly all the time trying to get kids into school that there isn't a lot of room for the funny. So actually just being able to kind of disappear into somebody else's world and just sit and um, hear their stories and their laughter, I suppose. But it's not all, even some of the visits I do, I've just been come back from a visit to Lebanon to see Syrian refugees there, which you think would be the worst place on earth, and sort of is, and also, but you've got kids there, they form something called a press club, and they're writing their own skits and their own jokes to put on and mining all the experiences. And I think it's um, quite often with comedians, you hear they've had something not great in their lives as it sort of bumps them into digging deep to what makes it funny. And Mm. these kids will stand up and make little raps, little jokes, little things, and you find yourself just bent double (laughs) despite knowing everything they've been through. Well, it's, I think a lot of people use humour to get through stuff, so that's obviously what they do. And so I mean, even makes when it's it, the worst. Yeah, it makes yeah. my divorce 
sound piss easy compared to that, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 I'll stop moaning about it. It was only 12 years ago. <laughs> Still quite raw. <laughs> what makes you laugh, Sarah? Oh, um... I like people falling over the same as... When I watch You've Been Framed, Rachel Fairburn, I like um, uh, cockatoos dancing to pop music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be my... my or, um, or children blowing out candles but accidentally falling into the cave. <laughs> Happy with that. <laughs> Nothing's funnier than, than a, a, a clip show of things that are destined to make you funny, so I'm happy with that. What makes you laugh? Um, well, we were just talking about this last night. My, um, there's a window cleaner works in my parents' street. Um, he's not... Um, <laughs> 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 My parents don't use him because we're the sort of people that say we'll clean our own windows and then just don't. Um, and he talks, he talks in a really unfortunately aggressive fashion so that even when he's saying something really pleasant, it sounds like a threat. And um, just whenever I see him in the street, he's just like, I, t I tell you what, I'll come round there on Tuesday, I'll clean your windows. <laughs> and, yeah, so my parents' next door neighbour's window cleaner, yeah. Next, uh, uh, my parents' window cleaner see my arse. Uh, that's not something I'm proud of. Uh, but he, I was very claustrophobic when I was a teenager, and I had a tiny bedroom, so I never shut the curtains or had a blind or anything. And and he used to whistle when he went up this, the ladder, so you knew that he was there. Badly whistled, but that was like your warning. So then I'd make sure that I was dressed and covered <laughs> up and things. And one day he decided not to whistle. He's <laughs> in prison now. Uh, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> but he always winks at me when he sees me, even now. <laughs> and I think, yeah, my ass looks a lot fucking different now, Flower. <laughs> what are the best and worst things about your work and life? I'm going to start with Sarah. What are the, what's the best thing about your work and life? Let's start with that. Uh, best thing about my life is just the... Um privilege of the work that I do, where you think you're striving away to make some sort of difference, but the worst of it is just thinking you never hit the end of it. There's never a, an end to it. So whatever thoughts you might have to kind of leap off and do something else, or um, is, yeah, it's just the non-stop nature of it. So are they, are they, there must be small victories along the way that you sort of cling to, so small endings, but not big endings. You can get even quite big endings. So the big drive I've got at the moment at Their World is to look for ways to um, persuade politicians who want to hang on to their budgets to let go of that money and spend it on kids' education. And, um, or, if they don't think they've got the money in their own pot, find it from somewhere else. That's, that's the, the game, really. Mm. And um, So the victories come, the most recent victory was just at the G20 in Hamburg, where they've agreed to promise to come up with some better ways to finance stuff. So you feel like that's a really, a really big push mm. and a chance to do it. So, yeah, my work is... Uh, yeah, just the, the relentlessness, I guess, is the, is the worst of it. But the victories are definitely making mm. it worthwhile. Rachel? The best is, well, basically, you get, a, get to show off for between 20 minutes and an hour, <laughs> and depending on what you're doing. You get to write, and... The thing about stand-up that I like, that I love, is the fact of sometimes you are just on your own, and it's all your own work, and when it's great, you can take the credit... Uh, and when it's rubbish, you can just blame the audience. Uh, so it's never your fault. Uh, I, I think tell them that we do that, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I think charity campaigning is very similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that's, that's the best bit. The, the worst bit, I think, um, is the travelling. Because 
as you will know, there's so much travel involved in stand-up. And sometimes it can feel like you've just spent weeks of your life in a car or on a train just going around showing off, as I say. But that's probably the worst bit. But, you know, it's not... Do you sometimes feel like a lorry driver, but you're just delivering jokes? I yeah, I, like yeah. I, well, the thing is, as well, I need the right I, amount of pasties. So. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't have a car, so I. So I sometimes you, do you drive? I do drive. I passed my driving test about ten years ago, and I haven't driven since. Um, so I should really get a car. And maybe have a couple of, like, refresher lessons. Yeah. Just a, just a thought. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I, I, so that, it's just one of those things that I've always been thinking, oh, I'll get a car, I'll get a car. And, because, and then I'm just sitting on trains all the time. Do you get stuff done on trains? Are you pro, like, yeah, quite productive on trains? Oh, I'm great on trains, me. Brilliant on trains. Terrible in bed. Brilliant on trains. <laughs> That's what they say. Do you work, do you work on trains? <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, do, I'll force myself to write on trains. On the oh. way back, even? Oh, yeah, yeah, on the way back. I make myself work on the way there, and then I'm allowed... Um, like to watch Netflix all the way oh, back. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you were going yeah. to say get pissed. Yeah. <laughs> or read a book. Oh, sometimes I buy myself a couple of tiny wines. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just one big wine then? <laughs> Do you know what? I probably could have saved a lot of money over the years if I'd been a little bit more honest with how much I was about to drink on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> what are the best and worst things, Jess, in your work and life, would you say? Um, um, oh, I feel like they are often the same things. Like, because I think the things that can make you in what I do feel, make me feel very, very high, are also the same things that make me feel very, very low. So, um, the prospect and anticipation of uh, a very exciting thing coming up, I think that's. Um, I, I so say like a big break like you kind of don't know you never know whether you can sort of plod and save towards things and you in the one sense you don't have any security so i'd say that's the worst thing um uh so there's no kind of sick pay or m no real maternity or anything like that um you you are kind of left in the wilderness in that sense but the upside of that lack of security is that you never know when something big might be coming along that's so exciting um so so the risk is the high and the lows i think of it um uh, but also i think that the downside that comes with that as well is that it feels very hard to ever take a real holiday um and i think this is not dissimilar to the relentlessness but without anywhere near the value to society um <laughs> that you that you are adding sarah um <laughs> just to, from an entirely narcissistic no um i i find i think and i think it's true of a lot of comedians uh, that they, they've they struggle to genuinely switch off from it because you you always feel like this could be something you could be doing or writing or trying to think about or bettering or whatever um so actually you need to train yourself so that you don't go mad into actually stopping sometimes. But I think that's I think that's one of the best things about it as well in yeah. a way because you can control it to a degree. You can't control the outcome but you can tr control the amount of work you put in yep. and the quality of work you put in. Yeah. Um when you were saying before about um about not having any sort of sick pay and stuff. Did mm. your um did your fella got a proper job? Yeah. Only Thank because, God. No, no, because I heard a thing, and I can't remember which comic it is, so I can't even credit them, which is really annoying, um, where the uh, the husband was the comic and the wife had a proper, steady, good job. Yeah. And 
uh, they were always worried about his, because his, you know, because we don't know what's going to happen with Stan. Yeah. Um, and somebody said to them, uh, she is your pension and he is your lottery ticket. That's a lovely way of looking at it. That's a lovely... But we, in our situation, my partner is constantly asking me when he can stop working, so I think he's <laughs> very optimistic about this lottery. <laughs> um, uh, what are the best and worst things about your work? And, uh, this is tricky because I'm your boss. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's nothing bad about my working life. <laughs> Sometimes I beat her, but she deserves it. Um, actually, to be honest... That's a joke. You didn't even laugh at that fucking man. <laughs> to be honest, I am pretty happy with my working life. I was a journalist for a long time, and there is a lot of downsides to that. I was a stand-up comedian for a long time, and there's a lot of downsides to that. And I managed to have dropped the downsides to both of those jobs and combined the upsides into this job, which means I spend... I mean, it is literally my dream job. I'm 90% of my time in my pyjamas and the other 10% of the time saying cunt in public. It's, <laughs> it's all I've ever wanted on my career. <laughs> Thanks, boss. I think that's all of our dream jobs. <laughs> do you ever say cunt in your pyjamas or is that like a rule you've got where you can't do that? That's <laughs> pollination. That, that, that just can't happen. Or wear my pyjamas on stage. <laughs> You know what you do for these jobs if you could do any job and i mean literally knock yourself out like for example i would be a cowboy if you could do any job <laughs> why would you be a cowboy um well just because that's the, well uh, to be honest there will be a small lecture and presentation with a powerpoint later if you're interested <laughs> but i would just leave it at i would be a cowboy wear your so. pajamas at home on the range exactly i i think there would be chafing in pajamas so what would you go guys do Rachel just two things really I'd love to be the lead singer in a band a particular band I can see you doing that I'd I'd like to I'd like to be Liam Gallagher (laughs) (laughs) that that is pretty much what I would like I think Uh, you might be better at being Liam Gallagher than Liam Gallagher to be honest I mean there isn't much difference I've got the accent already haven't I and I think we could do something with my hair but it's just that's what I'd love like because I've got absolutely no musical talent I can't sing, I can't dance, but that is what I would love to do. Oh, thanks very much. That's very <laughs> kind. Of Thank you. Uh, it's, uh, oh, I like Liam. That's the right. sort of positive, cuddly heckles you I get. I know, isn't it lovely? <laughs> Can you come to my show <laughs> every day? Just shout out. Just You're shout the best. compliments. <laughs> yeah. I really like that joke. Do it another one. <laughs> Smashing rack. <laughs> no, don't do ones like that. Other than that, I think I've, I've always wanted to be a jockey. Yeah. <laughs> always. For listeners, she's tiny. It's not. Yeah, I used to, I used to go horse riding when I was uh, younger. I mean, with this accent, I know you're surprised. Um, but honestly, Have you like. Stole the horse. <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm from the north as well. I can see a chub. Yeah, you're allowed. That's fine. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just always wanted to... I just really fancy the idea of that, being a jockey. I don't know why. I mean, it is cruel, technically, but just seems really fun, I think. Just going fast on a horse. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> That's what being a jockey is, just going fast on a horse. Really uh, <laughs> summed it up there for anyone who didn't know. Good. <laughs> Jess? I think... Um 
cook some sort of cookery thing. I think I'm chefing. Ooh. But my own place in my own at my own pace, as and when I fancied it. <laughs> I kind of need to go in at an extremely elite celeb level. I don't want to. I don't want any of this working my way up. I've, <laughs> I've had enough of that, thanks. <laughs> in this career, I thought it's so cheesy, but the, I am already doing my dreamy job. I, I I feel like I've got some way to go until I'm just doing the delightful bits. But, um, yeah, if I had to pick something else entirely, I think I love cooking. I'd do chefing of some sort. Do you think you've got the... Have you got the temperament? Because chefs can be really, really... Apologies if we've got any chefs in. But arsey? <laughs> I'm perfect for it. <laughs> I, worked in a, I worked in a place once, uh, part-time, and it was one of those places... I don't even know if they exist outside of South Shields, where I'm from, which is... <laughs> You go in, you have a drink, you have your meal, you have a dance, you go home. It's just everything all in one. And it was all like uh, sort of hen do's and works do's and stuff. And um, and the chef there was Dick. And uh, and I once... They it so was, often are. It was a woman, because you had to... You know when you have to order in advance? It was one of those where they had to, like, probably... I was going to say email in. I think it might have been pre-email. Maybe post in what they wanted in, like, October. Like, Sheila, what do you want for your Christmas dinner in October? <laughs> so then they've got to go through the whole list and, like, well, I don't want the tomato soup. Well, in October, you wanted the tomato soup. And it's all like that. <laughs> and, um, and a woman just... All she asked for was because she, she had the tomato soup without the swirl of uh, sour cream. Oh, my God. And I, I took it in to the chef and I went, can I have one without the sour cream? And he came right up to my face so much that I got spit on my face. Oh, no. And he said, just tell her to go to fucking McDonald's. <laughs> and of course I didn't. I just scooped it out with the spoon and swirled it around. <laughs> it. So I just hope she wasn't lactose intolerant because she would have still probably got the shits of a kind. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, don't I had worked in a hotel for years as a kid and teenager. Um, for a time. I think I started on a pound fifty an hour. But um, the chef there would scream at me. And we're friends now, but I remember once he caught me nibbling and... <laughs> I was nibbling, I was wolfing. Devouring some roast potatoes that someone hadn't eaten as I was, about, as I was handing in a dirty plate. And he was like... They could have coughed on that girl! He's cool, kept calling me girl and was screaming. I hated him. But I think if it's rage that's required to be a chef, I'd be fine. <laughs> Sarah? Oh, I thought we'd come to me next. Um, my big, big dream job that I will never have would be to run my own detective agency. my head. And yeah. I think I could be absolutely great at kind of setting challenges. And you always think you'd want to go after, you always think of um, men who want to come and get information about somebody else or they want to track down what their wife's doing and you think there's a very good way to reverse that and just have offer women-only services to track down what men are doing. And I even had a name for it. My family name's Macaulay. We have this Scottish crest which has a boot on it and the motto underneath is Stan Shaw. And I always thought the Stan Shaw Detective Agency Oh, you should totally do that. Why can this never happen? I because be I think this is. I want to work for Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, in a very small way, you know that there's a Find Friends app on an iPhone that you can just keep an eye on where your husband is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, make sure that he's safe. That's what I meant. <laughs> Um, I, oh God, I, oh no, I think I would run a stationery shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would never open it. <laughs> I just, 
play with notebooks and smell pens. And uh, so I think I would have a stationery shop uh, that I wouldn't open. So it would very quickly go out of business. <laughs> but I'd die happy. I don't die if it's got out of business. Well, I do, I do if I can't eat, I suppose. Uh, so I would just die. You know the scene in American Beauty where she's flailing around on the bed with all of the petals? Just be post-it notes. It's <laughs> totally what I'd do. I've got a load of notebooks that I've bought that are just too nice to write anything in, and I think I'm going to save that for my best thoughts. And then I haven't had a thought good enough to put in there yet. My sister bought me one. She thought she was doing a nice thing. She bought me a moleskin notebook, and you know, the really posh ones. And I thought, I can't write cock jokes in that. <laughs> I'll save that for me poetry <laughs> about cocks. Um. Um, how do you relax, Sarah Brown? I don't think I'm very good at relaxing. Um, I think I just hang out with my kids, and I live across the water from Edinburgh and Fife, so we have the lovely Fife Coastal Park oh. there. So go for nice wonders up there, but it's not, I'm not a sitting-down relaxer. I'm a hearty walk relaxer. Rachel? I, I don't think I ever do, to be honest with you. I always feel like there's something I should be doing. Like I always feel like I'm meant to be somewhere. Even, like, even when I wake up, I'm like, oh... What now? Like, and then... <laughs> it's quite an aggressive way to wake up. Yeah, what now? no, that's what it's like. And then I'll, I'll, go to, I'll go to bed and, like, you know, and you think... Oh, and I always have ideas when I'm going to bed, so I'm just... I might think of a joke. I'm like, oh, right, here we go. I'll just write this joke down. And then I'll be like, I'll try it. But, yeah, I, d I just don't think I ever do. I'm, I've always been the same, though. I've always been constantly, I don't know, sort of on pins in a way. But if... I mean, having a drink helps, if I'm honest. That is, that is very good. Uh, but the next day, not, not so much, as we are discovering, aren't we? we are, we're not very well. Because um, <laughs> it's our day off from our show today, and uh, I think everybody overdid it last night. Uh, I said that like you'd done something wrong then, didn't I? No. Everybody overdid it. I've <laughs> um, got a very fresh blouse on and I've had a shower and everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> For now, yes. Uh, but yeah, I just... Uh, if I was... If I'd, I don't know, probably just... I like watching documentaries about awful things that <laughs> have happened. Uh, I, uh, that, that helps me to relax. That's, yeah... I have to say, I agree with that. I mean, it sounds like the sort of answer you give when you're trying to impress someone in an interview, but I just love learning stuff. And if I'm having a bad day, I consider... If I read something or watch a documentary and I learn something, I think, that was a better day. Mm -hmm. I, had, um, I had a really bad time just before Christmas. Like, seriously, I mean, I won't go into it, but don't worry, it's not a depressing story. It's a punchline at the end of it. But, yeah, I had a terrible, terrible time, and I hadn't really been in my house for about two months. I'd just been at other people's houses and at hospitals and things. And um, I had a couple of days at home, and uh, Mick, our editor, rang me, and she said, uh, so did you have a, a couple of days at home? Was it, was it nice? And I said, oh, yeah, I read a really great book about AIDS. <laughs> and she was like, OK. <laughs> if, if that's how you relax, that's fine. But, yeah, yeah, learning stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's brilliant. Yeah. Jess? Um, I similarly like to be like immersed in something but I don't know about learning stuff as much I, I've got a juicy story that takes me out of my own head that's how I relax so either a book or a, what, a film or something that or a TV series that really takes me out of my own head and into another story and into something else that I care about I really like really bleak 
stuff. Rather than learny stuff, I like really sad <laughs> films and story, harrowing post-apocalyptic science fiction, do things you do like that. If you just really want to cry, do you put a film on yeah. that allows crying? The ri- <laughs> so I cry it. I, I, I once cried. Bang balance. Have <laughs> 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 That sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> 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 like control of my spending. <laughs> oh yeah, stop buying so many books about AIDS, love. <laughs> 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 I bet it was uh, fucking hardback as well, was it? Yeah, it was. I can't really relax. I do active relaxing, I think I call it, because mm. I can't sit still and just do nothing. I'm not, I don't know why, I just get agitated. Uh, so I similarly will watch something or read something or go to the cinema. My husband and I uh, don't always like the same films, so when we go to the cinema, sometimes we go separately. Uh, and meet up and have food afterwards. And I recently saw The Beguiled. Has anybody seen The Beguiled? No. Okay, uh, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, with uh, it's a Sofia Coppola film, and it's quite a thinky film. Mm. I like you know the ones with stories. Well, my husband watched uh, War on the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> well, I haven't. Uh, but the good thing was that was half an hour longer. They started at the same time, so while I was waiting for him, I bought a cardigan. <laughs> I had a fucking brilliant day that day. Okay, um, what was the first fictional female character you ever identified with? Let's go with Rachel. Oh, it's nice. That's a difficult one. Fictional female character. I would say, probably, what was the book now? Uh, I like a conversation with my mum. I, I used to work in WH Smith, so I'm good at this, go on. Because women used to come in and go, it's got a blue cover, it's for my son. I've got it. Oh, uh, shit. Does, right. <laughs> Two, actually. Uh, Katie Morag, uh, the, the, the picture book, the, the lovely book there, very nice. I, used to, I don't know, I felt like I could... I don't know, I felt like her. I felt like I could relate to her. Uh, and uh, my naughty little sister... Uh, the, the the naughty little sister, because uh, I was a, a very naughty child uh, for about six years, uh, and uh, what happened at the end of the six years that made you change your ways? Were you in prison? Well, my, <laughs> my, my sister was born. She's six years younger than me, and I think uh, because I was, you know, oh, I'm the centre of attention, and then she came along and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just crack on, shall I? So yeah, I think it sort of made me uh, behave a bit better. Surprisingly, you'd think it'd be the other way around. Yes. Um, either, I don't know which one would have come along first, but either the little girl in D- Drop Dead Fred, mm-hmm. <laughs> of the imaginary friend that keeps being forced to get rid of, uh, or the little girl in a book I was obsessed with called There's a Hippo on My Roof Eating Cake. I think it was probably quite obscure even in the eighties, <laughs> but I've got it now, and it's about a little girl who think who thinks knows that there is a hippo on her roof eating cake, and basically every time, so she'll fall over and cut her knee, and she'll be like, "I spoke to the hippo, and uh, he's actually hurt his knee as well." <laughs> There's a hippo on my roof with a bandage on his knee, and then it'll be like, oh, "I've had to go to bed, but I wanted to watch TV." The hippo on my roof. He's watching TV now. He can do what he likes. <laughs> um, it's really nice. Did you have an imaginary friend? Not necessarily a hippo. What? I don't think I had an imaginary friend as a kid, but I... Weirdly, I was just talking to a friend about this this morning, I, I th- thought I was a boy for ages. 
as a little kid. It wasn't a, I think a tomboy is such an antiquated term, but I, I cut all my hair off. I sat underneath the table and cut all my hair off and told everyone my name was Tom. <laughs> and I w- wore, like, trunks at the beach and told strangers that I'd met that I was called Tom. <laughs> and then um, once I dug up all the vegetables in my granddad's vegetable <laughs> patch, and he was furious, like, no-one had been watching, but I did it. And when Mum asked, why, why did you do that? do that, I said, because I was looking for somewhere to grow a willy. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what was going on, like... (laughs) I mean, I couldn't be prouder to have become a woman (laughs) in the end, but what? I'm assuming this is a no, but did you find anywhere? (laughs) No, no, just a lot of phallic root vegetables. <laughs> uh, Sarah? Children's book, a book I can remember being really struck by was The Sneetches by Dr. Seuss. I don't know if anyone remembers those guys were the sne- I don't know how you describe Sneetches, they were just Sneetchy. Big, big, <laughs> 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 big, big creatures. But a small group of them had green stars on their bellies and were very, very, very special. And then all the other snitches with plain bellies were a bit upset about this and wanted to find it out. And along came a guy who took a lot of money at them with his um, Stars On machine. And you could pay a lot of money and go through Hector McBean's machine, Stars On machine. And, uh, and then, but over a period of time, everyone had Stars On, so it wasn't special anymore. So he charged them all a fortune to take them off again. And as they whizzed backwards and forwards, getting Stars On, Stars Off, in the end, I think they realised they got on together quite well without fussing about who was special. With a special star. We've all learned something from that. I love that book. I still got my copy. Also, up here at the Edinburgh Festival, there's a lot of comedians that would be keen to find a stars on machine. (laughs) (laughs) Whip those reviews through. Yeah, I mean, this and the detective agency need to actually get made. (laughs) I never had an imaginary friend, but my youngest son had an imaginary. Well, he had an imaginary family for a while. (laughs) Was that that hurtful? (laughs) (laughs) No, they joined in, but he had. He has a brother who's nearly three years older than him, and the clever thing was he had this little group of imaginary friends, which was like three or four seats at the dinner table every night. But every time my elder son would go, I did this today, he'd go, oh, yeah, Macca, my friend, he did that already, yeah. <laughs> nothing my eldest could do that hadn't already been done by the imaginary family. Oh, that's so sweet. Very clever. Mm. Um, Jess's uh, book about the hippo on the roof yeah. reminded me, there's a, a book that my husband and I found in Asda quite recently, well, a few years ago, and um, I don't know, my husband just picked it up, a children's book, and it was called What's That Smell? <laughs> and, uh, as we, have you seen it? Is it nosy nose? It's got a big green nose that comes out. No. Oh, cool. Uh, that's obviously there's two with the same title. Uh, but as you flick through it, it would it was a little boy looking for something that smelled, and he was like, "What's that smell?" And then you would uh, lift. It was like a, a pop-up thing, so you'd lift up uh, the piano, and then be uh, there was a hippo making a cake. That's what made me think of that. Ooh. Underneath the piano, and you go all the way through, and then the conclusion of the story was that it was his little brother's nappy. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we now call it Did you did a shit? <laughs> that is literally the first place you'd look if it's, Even I, who knows very little about children knows If there's a smell, you pick the baby up And you sniff its backside yeah. And that's usually where it's coming from Also, well, who's right. thinking, what's that smell? Is it a cake or is it shit? <laughs> exactly <laughs> Teaching kids about sniffing <laughs> God. 
was called Ginny, and it was about a little girl who ran away. That's not a good thing, is it? Um, but I don't know. It's clearly stuck with me, because for a long time, when we were kids, we used to call our lady gardens uh, our Ginnies. <laughs> so clearly I want mine to run away. If you want, I could have grown you a willy. <laughs> on your to-do list that never you never get round to doing? Jess? <laughs> Anything that takes longer than five minutes. Um, <laughs> the, long, the bigger the task, the longer it stays on there. Um, weeding. <laughs> yeah, crap at weeding. So does it just get to the point where it, it's just all weeds and then you get tackle it or just... How, how it gets to the point where I spend money I haven't got on... Somebody getting a friend to give me a hand, yeah. I've got a friend that hasn't got a garden, and I've got a tiny garden, and I, she she bought, is prepared to take cash and wine to come and have a go nice. at mine every now and again, and there's no reason why I'm not doing that myself. Does I'm self-employed. Does, does your friend drink the wine at the same time? Actually, yeah, sometimes, yeah. I'm she so listens to this podcast. She's oh. a dear friend. She doesn't drink the wine at the time. <laughs> I'm so rubbish at gardening that a, gardener, a, a friend of mine who's really good at gardening uh, saw that I had some tubs of twigs in my garden and he said, he said, you know, tomatoes don't come back. And I said, we'll see. <laughs> some tubs of twigs. <laughs> My garden sometimes looks like uh, Edward's hands. It just looks like, it's like a Tim Burton film set. It's just Brilliant. all brown. Uh, Rachel? So what's on my to-do list that yeah. I never get round to? Uh, Jared Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from him. Do you know what? I'm pretty good, actually. I just get on with things. It's very re decorating, I'd say. There's... Uh, in the corner of my living room, there's a bit of wallpaper that's been coming down for about three years, and I keep looking at it going, yeah, I'll sort that sometime. That, and it, cause, but I just keep staring at it. And then, it's, yes, little things like that. But then I'm away from home so often that it can just crumble. I'm not really that bothered. Uh, I see the inside of a travel lodge more than I see my house. But, yeah, it's probably, probably stuff like that, decorating and... If you yeah. saw a bit of paper hanging down in your traveller's room, would you ring down and get it sorted out? Absolutely. <laughs> I've paid 25 pounds yeah. for this room. <laughs> Sarah, what's on your to-do list that you never get done? Um, I like a list. I do like a list. And I do like seeing a list move, but there's always something. So it's anything I haven't written on a list, so it's the tidying up and the sorting stuff out and putting it away a bit, because you don't actually write that bit down on the list. But you could. You, see, you could. That's the way to get What it a done. professional uh, list maker like myself does is the first thing is write list. <laughs> and then you write the list Brilliant. and then you can cross something off straight away. <laughs> I, think, I think people divide into to two kinds of people. There's sort of the people that will go for the low-hanging fruit and those that go for the high. And there's a sort of you write a list and then you go for the six easiest things to cross off. Whereas I'll go for the one that you think, right, that's the really important thing to do, and then everything's left there for a very long time. Impressive. <laughs> I, do you know, I don't know if any of you ever get stressed out by lists or if anyone ever does. I, I heard an amazing tip and it's really helped me actually. I don't always do it because sometimes I'm too scared of forgetting something. Um, to not do a to-do list, but there's an amazing thing. If you know you've got a block of time and actually you're fully really aware of the things you need to do, 
rather than doing a to-do list, do a done list. Just get on with it and then write down what you've done. And it makes you feel amazing compared to a, a never-finished to-do list. <laughs> I don't think it makes you any less productive. I think it makes, it makes me more productive to work like that. And makes me go for the bigger things, whereas if I can see big things and titchy things, <laughs> I will gobble up that low-hanging fruit. I'll be all full off all the low-hanging fruit, and then I'll need a nap. two years because uh, I've not had time or the inclination to make an appointment or get it sorted out and also my mum said if you have a hot enough bath you can just pick it out <laughs> what do you do really well that you would say you know if you had a superpower that was it Okay, well, um, and this isn't something that I say about myself. It's something that everybody always says about me. Apparently, I pee really quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why that would be... If you were a, a superhuman because of that, could your name please be Thunder Slash? Yeah, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> it would be, because I, I basically, I do that thing where I go, I'm going to go to the toilet, and then I come back, and people say, oh, on your way to the toilet, could you? And you're like, what, I've been. I don't... I don't, I don't know what other people do in there. You're like, I'm away, you wash your hands, you, you come out. We just said this the other day, I think it's because I don't do that looking in the mirror stuff. I look in the mirror before I go out, and then I don't look again, because the yeah. chances of me looking any better than I did. So I just keep that picture in my mind, and I just wash my hands early. That's a great tip, though, isn't it? Just to, yeah. to look how you look at the beginning of the day, yeah. and just imagine that you look the same yeah. for the rest of the day. Even if you've been out like we are up here, like 12 hours, yep. still got the same fucking eyeliner on. Look on your face, whatever. Yes. Just stuff in your teeth. No, just keep that happy picture in your mind. <coughs> That's a great idea. I like that a lot. I've got questions about your weighing. Can I ask questions about your uh, weighing? Yeah, okay. Uh, do, you, do you sit on the seat? Are you a squatter? Um, well, I mean, you sit on the seat unless it's completely disgusting, obviously, because if you don't sit on the seat, you just make it even worse for the next person. Do you wear a belt? No. Oh, you know I don't wear a belt because my chassis fell down once in a restaurant. <laughs> 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 we were in one of those booths and I had to shuffle along and I don't know what happened, I caught my hand a little bit and then I was like, I can't move anymore because my trousers have actually basically come off. <laughs> and we had to try and pull it back up again. So while you're really quick at we and you're not very good at exiting restaurants? No, or still keeping trousers on. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, it, with that in mind, then, uh, what would be your superpowers, Sarah? Should we start? Is it what? What are you really good at? Uh, my superpower is being able to put my makeup on without a mirror and to Ooh. do it in under five minutes. <gasps> wow! <laughs> How do you know where all of your face is? <laughs> Practice over the years. When you've been around, everything I've ever done in my life, I've never had enough time to do whatever I'm doing and then get into the next thing made up and I've had quite a few years where I've had to be dollied up and ready to go so I've spent an awful lot of time jumping <laughs> back to cars putting on makeup and it's quicker doing it without a mirror you just go for it but it is trial and error quite often I walk into a room and people go hello and then smudge the side of your eye before they let you <laughs> just a little tweak on your cheek before they let you go any further that's a great skill though Rachel that's cool I'm really good at doing impressions of people but nobody famous <laughs> Can you give us an example? Um, 
one of my mates it goes <laughs> all the time. It's a really good impression. Uh, it's really accurate. I can, uh, I can, can I, I can do. Uh, I wouldn't want to do any comedians because you know, because you wouldn't know them. Uh, I used to do. A really, you might know them. <laughs> do, you, do you remember? Um, you know, Des that used to run Mirth on Monday. Yes, I do. Um, thank you very much uh, for coming, Sarah. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, thank you for coming down. That's really good. Told you. <laughs> Genuinely good. Don't know who it is. Uh, it was, but yeah, uh, and I, I can do, do, do like do my dad Keith. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Not bad, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've tried to do impressions of famous people, and I can't. But I can do really, really good ones of people that I just know. Is that because you spend a lot of time with the people that you know? Did you just spend loads of time with like Sting and then you'll be able to do him? Probably, but I wouldn't want to spend a lot of time with him, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, not for me. I, yeah, maybe you should... If I come on this again, I'll develop an impression of a famous person. Oh, and thanks. We'll, we'll see. We look forward to that. Yeah. You should. It'll be excellent. Very, <laughs> very yes. clever way of getting a rebooking as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's your superpower, mate. Well, there you go. Leave it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> God, what am I really good at? I can make poached eggs just with a ladle and hot water. Do you have to Perfect do the vortex? No saucepan. No. <laughs> <laughs> just any. Above average temperature lake and ladle of an egg. No, I do need a saucepan. But I don't need any swirling or vinegar or any of that nonsense. Why don't you need the swirling? How are you? Oh, I was Excuse me, you do don't need vortex. any swirl, don't need a vortex. That makes a mockery of it. It swists it all around. Also, I've got very good lower body strength. Not my tuppence, I'm on about my legs. I've <laughs> got really strong legs. So I could do something with them. That and a bit of egg poaching. <laughs> be like an, an invincible combination. I'd be the new Captain Planet. <laughs> this would be an excellent lineup of Avengers, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, what's, oh, yours is Wigan. Yeah. Um, Thunderslash. Thunderslash. <laughs> Thunder uh, I, um, I don't know. I should be good at something. I feel like I'm not. What am I good at? Fuck. I shouldn't have just been enjoying everybody else's. I should have been thinking ahead. <laughs> being the boss. Being the oh, that's not a skill. That's just bossy, isn't it? No, uh, that's a skill. I am re oh, I'm really good at finding staplers. Because uh, <laughs> we've got two in the house, and my husband can never find them. Now I know exactly where they are. Mostly because I've just used them to staple nothing to nothing. But I've had a lovely time. <laughs> such a special audience we thought we hope you have a lovely uh, rest of your fringe and uh, thank you very much for coming and uh, and being our cracking crowd today then please join me in thanking our excellent guests just just foster q rachel faber sarah brown and You have been listening to Standard Issue in conversation with Sarah Brown, Jess Foster Q, Rachel Fairburn, Hannah Dren Levy, and me, Sarah Milliken, recorded live at the Stand Comedy Club at the Edinburgh Fringe. The theme music and stings were composed and recorded by Barry Hilton, all rights reserved. Thanks to Maddie Hickish for all tech things, to Jen Offord for organising the event, to all at the Stand Comedy Club in Edinburgh, and to Sarah, Jess, and Rachel. 
All of our podcasts are available on iTunes and Podomatic. Bye-bye. Standard issue for all women.